Hello, I'm your host, Jodie Minto, and welcome to my podcast, Online Store Success. My mission is to help other emerging entrepreneurs crack the code for e-commerce success for a life of uncapped income, flexibility, and fun. I'm an award-winning seven-figure e-commerce fashion founder, a certified digital marketer, and business and life coach. I'm also a Prosecco-loving wife, mother of two teens, a Facebook ads nerd, and a crazy animal lover. I've been in business for over 20 years now, and during that time, I've helped hundreds of others start and scale their online e-commerce stores through my coaching programs. I love all things business and know firsthand how rewarding it is to have a career on your own terms, turning a passion into a profitable business and the freedom and flexibility that comes with it. Each week, I'm going to share with you the ups and downs of this crazy e-commerce journey that we call life and help you start that business of your dreams or help scale your existing online store. Let's get started. To this week's episode of Online Store Success. Today I have a very special guest. I've got Katie here with me from Sunday Digital. Katie is a Google Ads expert and I myself have done Katie's course and it was phenomenal. And today she's going to share a little bit about her business journey and also how you can get started with Google Ads for your business. So welcome Katie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I've It's been a pleasure. We've been looking forward to it for a while. We have, and we were supposed to chat last week, but we've all been stru- stuck, struck down with different illnesses and things like that, yeah. but we're back and we're all healthy and we are good to go. So I want to try something new, um, and I have actually heard this from someone else's podcast. I am stealing it, but it's a great idea. And I want to get a little bit, I want to get to know Katie and I want our listeners to get to know you as well. And so I want to to do I want you to share with me two truths and a lie so feed me three pieces of information and and I've got to try and guess which is truth and which is a lie okay and there's not going to be like a consequence like if you don't get it right then I get okay (laughs) it's just me looking silly mostly okay great no no that means my my lies are well hidden (laughs) yes I yes that's right so okay so my three statements are one I've never been to western Australia Two, my digital agency is named after my favorite day of the week, which is Sunday Digital. Okay. And the third one is I became an auntie at nine years old. Mm, What is the lie? Mm -mm -mm. Which is the lie? I feel like the digital agency is named after your favorite day of the week. Sunday's a good day. Okay. So that's the truth. Awesome. Um, As in like, are you saying that's the truth? Yeah, I believe that's the truth. Okay. Um, they're Western Australia. I've never been to Western Australia. It's quite far from New South Wales. You're in Victoria, aren't you? I'm Victoria, so it's yep. quite far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to guess that that's a truth. Okay. And then the last one was I. Uh, you became an auntie at nine years old. I'm going to say that's a lie. <laughs> no, I did. I became an auntie at nine years old. Oh, my, my God. digital agency is named after my daughter. My daughter's name is Sunday. So oh, we call her Sunday. Sunny. But yeah, her um, full name is Sunday, so I named oh, it after her. Oh, I yeah. love that. Okay, so I was totally off. That's um, okay. No, I love, I, have, it. I love it. And like I said, it's it's a fun little game for us to get yeah. to. Yeah. took me a while to think of them. I was like, hmm, because you don't want them to be so obvious, like, yes. that it's like that's the glaring lie. Yeah, that's true. So I'm actually taking it as a win that I managed to fool you. Yeah, you totally got me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you end up with Sunday Digital? 
Yeah. So I am an, was a former e-commerce business owner uh, about 10 years ago now. I had an online store and a little bit over 10 years ago, probably. I was always really interested in the e-com space and digital. Prior to that, I worked, I helped get um, an online pharmacy up and running and I was sort of managed that while I was going through uni and then um, really just loved online sort of stuff. So while I was at uni, decided to start my own side hustle as a uh, e-com business. And as other e-com business owners know, you're wearing all the hats when you run your own store. So you're trying to figure out, particularly when you're bootstrapping, you're trying to figure out how to do SEO and how to get more people to the site. And and through my stumblings through those different you know platforms of SEO and Facebook ads and I stumbled across Google Ads via a podcast. I think I was trying to upskill on that. And it was something that I just really fell head over heels in love with. I really loved the the data aspect and the fact that you could really clearly track things and see what keywords. I found that level of insight really like addictive. Um, and I was, I had a baby at the time, I really uh, had my first child while I was running that business. And I kind of needed a step back. I didn't want to be a business owner anymore. So I sold that business and I moved agency land, which most people think agency is quite full on, which it can be, Mm -hmm. but the one I was at was really family friendly. Um, And so it was specifically focused on Google ads. So it's a Google ads agency. Uh, And I was there for a few years, really loved it, got to work with some amazing brands. I was the account manager for Shopo, mentioning Jane Lou. (laughs) I was the account manager for Shopo for a number of years, Um, Swimmer Galore, a lot of big e-com brands, both in Australia and overseas um, and loved it, loved every minute of it. And then I had my second baby and I was in that common push-pull between, mm. do I want to be commuting every day? At this stage we'd moved, I'd be commuting probably an hour and a half every day both ways. How do you make that work? My first child was approaching school age. Like how does this actually work? Do you get to work at like 10.30 and leave at one o'clock to be able to pick up your child from school? It was just all going through my mind. So I decided to start my own agency, which was Sunday Digital, with also the goal to have a course um, to the business um, to be able to upskill other people, whether they were the e-com business owner that I was a decade ago, yeah. or whether it's the the freelance digital marketer that wants to add another service to their offering or in-house agency teams that we train via our course to be able to upskill other people on how to run profitable, successful Google ads. Incredible. What was your e-commerce business? What was your product? It was a health food store. So um, I, it was not my, I think it's also trickier when you're a stockist of other people's brands because the margins are smaller. So that was one factor that does impact when you're running paid ads, but um, it was a health food store and yeah, I had, I ran that for a couple of years, really, really loved it, but um, just loved Google ads more. (laughs) It's so funny, isn't it? I, I guess my my story is quite similar. And then I had the e-com store um, and found the thing that I loved the most was the digital marketing and particularly the Facebook ads. Mm. And uh, my business got to a point where I had all of these team members and, and had to manage them and we had a, an office and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't even get time to do the Google, the, the, sorry, the Facebook ads much anymore. Instead, I'm a people manager and a HR manager and all this sort of thing. So uh, I can totally relate. And it's so weird that we're doing something today as our business. You're a Google ads coach and um, and agency and I do Facebook ads coaching and e-com coach. Like these things didn't even exist 15 yeah. years ago. I um, 
terrified but also honoured. My old high school messaged me last week to come in and talk to uh, Year 10 kids about, you know, my career and whatnot. And, and, you know, I was thinking when I was sitting there in that hall, Facebook didn't even exist, right? Um, so it's really, really interesting that the different careers that, you know, have appeared and, and, and like you, you know, I, I'm a, I geek out on the Facebook, I geek out on the numbers and mm. the analytics in Facebook, but I also love the creative piece because I get to do a bit of both my creative brain and my analytical brain get to come together and, and, and do something all under the one house. So, um, but I haven't wrapped my head around Google ads so much, interestingly. So mm. it's well, like, on that, like. Mm. Yeah, SEO to me is a black box. Like I'm not an SEO expert, but because people lump sort of Google as one bracket, Google's the platform, but the skill or the tool is different in SEO versus Google Mm -hmm. ads. And like, I'll be the first to admit that SEO is like straight over my head. Um, But funny that you mentioned you like the creative side of Facebook. Like that's the side I don't like. I don't like that. When I'm talking creative, I mean creative as in ad creative. Like I that's the part that really stumps me. I'm not a real visual type person. So I, Facebook ads, I really enjoy the data side, but the creative side is what is probably um, lends me more towards the Google ad side of things. And I get that creative fix through strategy rather than you would too, but as in like, I get that fully through strategy rather than I don't want any visuals. Pretty ad. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I know. It's so funny, isn't it? Um, So I know you have a different, a few different programs, and I actually uh, enrolled. It was years ago. It was when I had Island Co. When I had my ecom, and I actually want to dip back into it. I need a bit of a refresher. Um, but tell access, me, so you can. I know, which I love. And I, um, side note, I've seen someone uh, with the whole lifetime access thing is is um, like a challenge as a course creator, right? Yeah. Um, however, I really appreciate that I've got lifetime access in yours because. I, you know, it's something that you can dip in and dip out of. So that's, um, you know, really, really exciting. But what I think, was it profitable promotion that I would have done? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one you would have done. Yeah. Yeah. And we can share some more information about that at the end of our chat and I'll share the link and everything to that. Because if you're an e-commerce business owner and you want to tap into the power of Google ads, definitely check out Katie's programs. And I think you've got like a mini one, don't you? Like a little yeah, I sort of have a $30 entryway product that's a lot of module one of the course, but it's really designed, it's a twofold product. In one, it gives you a lot of the foundational theory aspects of Google Ads. It's not going to get you running an ad by any means, yeah. but it gives you also the tools to be able to say, is this something I should focus on now or should I go forth and do you know a bigger course or hire someone? Like, mm-hmm. is this the right thing? Because I'm very upfront that Google ads is not like you would know with Facebook yep. ads. It's not a magic pill. It won't work for everyone. Yep. Um, and educating clients or customers before they sign on and buy a $2,000 course, yeah. educating students before that say, hey, it's actually probably not for you is just as important as us saying this Absolutely. is for you. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing. It's not only the cost of the course. You don't want people to go all in on some sort of paid ads if their business no. is for it. Um, if it's not the right path for them. So um, I, I'm the same. I have like a little mini one ad wonder course. Mine's 97. Um, and it's a little taste test. But um, but yeah, I think that's really important because not all businesses are ready yet necessarily for paid ads. If you've got a conversion issue on your website or well, no matter how much traffic you send to your site, that's not going to fix that, right? Instead, it's just going to really hurt your bank account negatively. Um, yeah, well, it's like having an ad, selling your house and it's a dump and then saying it didn't sell because the agents 
not doing their job. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the agent's getting people to it, but if the house is pilot, like a dump, it's not going to sell. So, or if the price is too high or if you can't get in the entryway, like if there's all these hurdles to Mm. actually getting in the house and checking it out, or if you've got like, you know, you haven't cleaned up the the yard. If these are all things that are outside of my control as an ads manager, it's better off you don't spend your money on the course because you're not going to get the results. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really integral part of running ads. A hundred percent. I love that. I love that. So tell me, I mean, I have a little bit of an idea of the different types of ads available. Like I said, it's been a little while since I've dipped into it, but I, I do want to dip into it again, even for my coaching business. But tell me some of the different types of Google campaigns that you'd suggest for e-com business owners. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward when it comes to e-com, not necessarily straightforward in execution, but in terms of strategy wise, there are really two main campaigns that you'll be focusing on. And one is a shopping-based campaign, whether that be through what's called a traditional shopping campaign that I believe are getting phased out or a performance max campaign, which is about, a, it's a new campaign type in the last two years that incorporates your shopping element. So you've kind of got one or two choices there, performance max or shopping. So a shopping campaign, and then also, and they're those product listing ads that you see, they've got the image, the price, you know, that you see on, on Google that you'll likely be clicking on when you're shopping. Yeah. And then you've got your search campaigns, which are keyword-based campaigns. You put in the keywords that you want Google to show ads against when someone searches for something, and they're the text-based ads. They're really the two common, what I call, um, strategy or profitable campaign types for e-com. I think often agencies or ads managers or even well, mostly Google try to get try to make it really confusing by wanting you to start a YouTube campaign and a cold traffic Mm. display campaign and, you know, all the bells and whistles and everything like that. And my, my focus is let's get search and shopping, which is your bread and butter. That's when someone's searching on Google and that's when you're showing them that ad. Let's get that, you know, nailed down before we start expanding out because the power of Facebook is much stronger when it comes to that cold traffic, um, demand generation or that awareness generating ads with like images and videos, all those sort of creative types that just don't work as well on Google. So I sort of say, save that interruption style marketing for your Facebook and use that really demand capturing when someone's on Google searching, that's the bread and butter of Google. So usually shopping and a search like keyword-based campaigns. For the performance max, so that's what you'd call shopping. I remember setting up those and they were quite easy to set up um, and thinking, oh, this is easy, um, versus the keyword, um, you know, that they seemed a bit more complex. But for the for the shopping campaign, for the performance max, what sort of audiences can you show those to? And is it based just on search? Like if someone search, searches for that kind of product or is it it just pops up everywhere based on the audience? So that's where Google have made this big change because keyword-based campaigns are a lot trickier to get off the ground. You've got to do your keyword research and, you know, it, it can be hard to make them work. Mm-hmm. So Performance Max is really a catch-all campaign where it can be shopping and search and remarketing brought up into one. Um, so in terms of that, Google is using your product feed for information mm-hmm. as data points to be able to identify who they should be showing your products and offerings to. And then also you layer across audiences in the absence of keywords. So it's not a keyword-based campaign. That's got a downside in that it can be uh, less targeted and and more broad, but there's ways to kind of optimize and get around that. Um, 
But yeah, so you layer across audiences, whether that be audiences that you own. So first party data in the form of like a customer match list from Klaviyo or um, whatever. And then we've also got uh, audience interest-based audience similar to that you would have on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that involves like people, if you're a um, sell wedding, something in the wedding industry, you've got bridal wear or wedding accessory type yeah. Um, yeah. audiences. So Google are getting more clever when it comes to performance max, but keyword campaigns still have a really big um, place inside an account strategy because not to get too technical, but you don't get search term data inside a performance max campaign for the most part. Okay. So what what that means is I can't see the searches that have cost me a lot of money and not converted. And I can't see the searches that have generated a lot of conversions. Now that's key optimizations that you can use to build out both keywords and negative keywords. So both attract people and block people from seeing your ads. So keyword-based campaigns still have that a lot of, a lot more um, data insights, which is why they're really valuable to continually build out an account performance max are great but they offer you less insight got it got it I sometimes um, and I think I maybe use this example probably more for SEO um, because I work with a lot of um, fashion brands right and one of my best-selling products in Island Co was this leopard print kimono and I would use the example of like which which sort of what should I be focusing on is it Facebook ads is it SEO is it Google ads and it's like I would often say are people searching for the thing because if people aren't generally searching for a leopard print kimono, for example. Instead, that's why I was using a lot of Facebook ads to have it appear in their feed and go, here's a leopard print kimono, you need this in your life. And that's how we would make ourselves versus relying on people searching for that particular product. So the performance max would be kind of like a bit of both, would it? It's- no, it'd still be relying on people searching for it. So okay. I, I fully say that if people aren't searching for your products at all, Google Ads isn't the right platform that doesn't mean that they're um like in this case i would say that's still a candidate for google ads because it's very but make sure you're using those really niche keywords like leopard print kimono there Mm -hmm. still would be search volume behind that which makes it a candidate for google ads but Mm -hmm. if it was something like um you know something so abstract that it isn't uh people don't actually know i'll use an example i was on a podcast last week and she offers outsourced um operations management or outsource systems kind of Mm -hmm. COO type services. And she was asking whether Google ads would be a good fit for her. And I said, are people aware that that's a missing hole in their business? Or do you Mm -hmm. need to actually come in before, like, are you, are they aware they've got a problem or do you need to convince them that they have a problem and that you're the solution? An example is my own business in that I don't use Google ads to build my own business because often people aren't Googling Google ads mini course or Google ads 12 week course, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. They haven't recognized that's something that they need to solve, a problem they need to solve, but I can show a Facebook ad and get around that by saying, hey, I'm here. Have you thought about Google ads and learning more about Google ads? So you're getting around the awareness issue. So I would still say for most e-com businesses, probably 95%, there's there's the demand and the awareness that they've got a problem because they're looking for a particular style or a particular product. People are looking for those sort of things. So a combination of both Facebook and Google usually works well. But there are some rare or well, there are some instances where it's like, I just don't think people, a student of mine was, um, she was offering a puzzle hiring service and it was a service that someone wasn't familiar with yet and wasn't Googling. Mm-hmm. That is not a good candidate necessarily for Google ads, because if no one's aware of what you're selling, you, you might have the highest budget and the best ads, but no one's searching for it. That's right. 
Yeah, I love that. Okay, I'm glad that I've kind of gotten <laughs> that's the conclusion that I came to in my mind and I'm not steering people in the wrong direction. So for an e-com business, let's say people are searching for the thing that they're selling. Um, what is the, what's, if you had to pick one campaign, performance max versus keywords, which would it be? I usually like going down a shopping avenue first. And I was just having this discussion with my students. We're about to end our um, last cohort of this year. And um, we were having this discussion because normally I say start shopping first. It's a shopping focused ads. It's got a visual element when you're looking particularly to buy something. And especially if it's in the fashion or the homewares or something like that, you actually want to see the style before you click through. Because again, you could have, you could be bidding on something and show a, um, text-based ad, they might get to it and be like, that's not what I had in mind. You've already um, pre-qualified those people with the image on the ad with a shopping ad, right? Mm -hmm. So I usually say start with shopping first. There are situations where shopping doesn't work as well as keyword-based campaigns. And I had this instance with a student of mine that sells um, nappy swimwear for kids between zero and five. And because in a shopping campaign, you don't use keywords, you use a product feed, Google were entering her in all these auctions for like um, teen swimwear, 10-year-old swimwear, um, bikinis, and she had to continually craft and optimize the campaign to get rid of these irrelevant type search terms. Whereas in a keyword-based campaign, Google are using the keyword rather than the product feed. So if you're you're super niche and you've got a super niche target market, um, keyword might be better, but I would most of the time say start with a shopping based campaign and then let's build from there. Awesome. What do you think about bidding on someone else's brand name? I actually have had this and where a student of mine was actually bidding against my e-com brand name at the time. Um, what are you, what's your thoughts on that? You know, so you're a showpo, um, you know, you, you sell online fashion for that same demographic as showpo, and so you start bidding on the showpo's um, keyword. What what do you, is that a good idea or not? So, so I'll give you, first of all, I would say with the student of yours or whoever was bidding on your name, if they might not have been directly bidding on your name. Google uses a lot of creative liberty when, if you've got keywords set up in a certain way, that if I bid on, say, um, if they were bidding on something like an e-commerce coach, if someone types in Jody Minto e-commerce coach, you're eligible to show, she's eligible to show that ad. Mm-hmm. So she might not have directly entered your name as a keyword, just to ease your mind that it could, that yeah, might not yeah. be. Okay, I like that, yeah. And there's also something called dynamic keyword insertion where if you do some, you know, funky things with your ads, if someone searches for your keyword, you can enter dynamically enter that keyword into the ad copy, which basically makes it more clickable because they see their keyword reflected in their ad copy. I never advise to have them in what I call competitor campaigns because you don't want to be seen to be having not only bidding on someone else's name, but have their name in your ad copy. That's not a good look. Yeah. And you might not be doing it intentionally. So they're two things. Back in my show pro days when I was their, their account manager, in those, a lot of their big competitors, there was a gentleman's agreement not to bid on each other's name. So we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, my philosophy is always look at things like a bullseye in that people searching for your brand name will always be the warmest or a funnel, right? Mm -hmm. The most likely to convert will be the people searching for your own brand name. Second up the funnel are people that are problem and solution aware, but they haven't decided on you or your competitor yet. So they're not, they're just searching for the generic version of what they're looking for. And then third up the rung is your competitor 
campaigns where he's bidding directly on a competitor that sells the same thing as you. And I always say, A, you can bid on anyone's name, just don't have it in the ad copy. But B, don't test those campaigns out until you've exhausted the potential in both your brand and non-brand campaigns because competitor will always be the lowest to convert. It's the flip side of a brand campaign. They've already decided on someone else. They're already typing that into Google. You have to work extra hard. And a lot of the clicks you get are probably just going to be clicks that they thought were going to the actual person's page. So my, like, I don't run a lot of competitor campaigns inside my own um, client accounts. We might have one across our portfolio of say 25 accounts. And they're not a strategy that I recommend at the beginning. It's an expansion growth testing strategy and they're really hard to make profitable because like I said, they've already decided on the other person and you're having to sway them away from that. Um, It's not, you can bid on anyone's name regardless of whether it's trademarked or not, but it's a a violation to have a trademarked name in your ad copy. So they're my thoughts on that. But I would say that Google use a lot of their, own intuition and it's not necessarily if you see someone bidding on your name or if you see their ad when you search for your name it doesn't by default mean that they've selected you as a keyword okay that's really comforting to know because I was horrified it was on a live call and I was like oh that's like what happens when I google island co and lo and behold one of the students on the call an ad pops up um but we both sold resort wear so perhaps that was what was it could be Mm. yes yeah. Got it, got it. Okay. Or she could have just been bidding on your name. Or no. <laughs> she could have been. <laughs> no. thought it was very cheeky. Um, tell me, what's a good sort of daily budget to start out with, especially like talking about those shopping campaigns, if that's their first uh, dipping their toe in the ocean of Google ads, what would you sort of st- recommend as a starting bid? Starting budget, I would always say like for, for the typical type person that's running their own ads, Ten to twenty dollars a day is kind of the amount you need to be able to test things out. When it comes to what's a good budget, I always am like it depends on the factors of the business. And you know, if you sell, we've got a client that sells um, pieces that are over a thousand dollars, and it's like if you're going to spend ten dollars on ads, you can't expect to convert someone on a thousand dollars. So it depends on what's the products, what's your conversion rate, what's your lifetime value, all those sort of things play into that. But at a base level, you kind of need to give a campaign between $10 and $20 a day to get start, like to actually get into gear um, and to start to see what keywords are working, what keywords aren't working, what products are working, what products aren't working, to be able to have those data points to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. But then in terms of overall what's good budget, one that's meeting your goals, what's a bad budget is one that's not meeting your goals. You know, it's an optimization tactic. Yep, got it. Tell me what are some of the frequent mistakes people make with Google Ads? Using all broad match keywords, broad match is just adding, say, let's say resort wear, Mm -hmm. meaning Google can bid on, they will, with match types, there's three main match types. Exact match is tightly controlled. They'll only go after resort wear and close variations. Phrase match gives it a little bit more liberty, can go after a resort wear and also anything at the front or back. So it could be anywhere in the phrase that they're searching. And broad match is basically telling Google, like, go ham, go after anything you think is Modestly right. related to resort wear. Most accounts that we come across that are performing shockingly uh, have got a bunch of broad match keywords, no conversion tracking set up, and it's done by an agency. Like this is an agency strategy that is really commonly executed in that it's not understanding that to get the best results, you need to actually understand or figure out how someone's searching for you and not being lazy and just slapping some broad match keywords and calling it a day. 
it's the akin to in Facebook ads, just targeting no audience. You're telling Google, you're not giving Google any opportunity to say, this is who you should go after. So yeah. Funnily enough though, Facebook actually wants us to use broad targeting. I know, I know they do. And it works really well in 99.9% of the accounts. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I should say, though, that's (laughs) an account that probably has good history, I would say, behind it, or at least some, like, Google does need, broad match is, again, an expansion tactic that we employ with our clients when we've exhausted the potential of phrase and exact match because it's a way of us building up an account and saying, let's start nice and tight, let's build up, and then let's get even more. Once we know it's working, then we can... Um, turn the tap on a little bit more. Awesome. 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 Tell me, what are some easy wins, if any, on Google Ads? Easy wins would be um, get your tech set up right from the start, as in get conversion tracking set up. If it's on Shopify, get it so that Google Ads is communicating the exact dollar figure that their ads have caused. Like you can't make good decisions and optimizations without good data. So that's my number one thing is get your conversion tracking set up um, so that you are able to A, take what the data is telling you as correct and then Mm -hmm. B, make smart decisions from that and optimize against it. Uh, It all comes back to accurate data. So good. It's like running Facebook ads without your pixel installed on your website. Exactly. Not a great idea. Um, And is it really possible to learn and manage your own Google ads? A hundred percent. Like I just said, I've got a cohort of students going through the course at the moment and we're ending our support period um, this week. And there's a student on there that she has never stepped foot in an ad account again, the person that sells the infant swimwear. Mm-hmm. And she's set her ads live maybe two or three weeks ago. She's had like four or five sales already um, and learning so much. It's like learning a new language, right? Learning how to interpret numbers, tell stories from them, make decisions from them. The skills that that can lend itself to other areas of your business as well is really powerful, but also yeah, so it's a. It's super not easy because it's um it's a it's a skill that you need to learn, and it's a steep learning curve if you haven't got any experience in metrics and paid ads in particular. But it's a totally learnable skill. And if I look back at this student twelve weeks ago, and she was like, I don't even know how to log into my Google Ads account, and now she's like, I was thinking about doing this optimization. Is that what you would do? And I'm like, Yeah, that sounds great. Like, let's do it. Um, and yes, learning it might be an investment. For my course, it's an investment, but the payoff is that she doesn't have to outsource and pay someone $1,000 a month and um, she's able to make the cost up front in paying for the education but then get the benefit long-term of only having the ads as her expense rather than the ads plus a management fee. 100%. I'm the same with my Facebook ads um, programs as well because it's, you know, uh, Facebook ads often is like $2,000, $3,000 a month, you know, forever if you want someone else to manage them. Mm So an upfront investment in learning um, how to manage your own paid ads yourself is, you know, when you look at the long-term savings is incredible. Also, if your business does get to a point where you want to outsource any sort of paid ads, at least you have a really good understanding and you can be fully aware of what the agency is doing for you. You can see the numbers for yourself and and know whether or not they're doing a good job, right? Um, Agreed. 100%. It becomes a very valuable project management skill when you do outsource, not just yeah. on the Google ad side, but if you do Facebook ads as well, you can actually understand and sort of call through the BS a little bit. Like, I don't think that's right. Or I think you're calling, I think you're telling me a few things that don't seem right. So yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. So tell me if someone is like, right, I'm ready uh, to learn all things Google ads, how 
can they work with you? What's the best entry way for them to, to start getting into the world of Google Ads? Yeah, so there's a few ways. I have a free keyword video series. I do need to update it though. It's still very relevant that there's just a few technical terms that need to be updated in there, but that is free on my website. Um, and that gives you an overview on sort of keyword research, the different areas of what a keyword is. Mm-hmm. And that's free. There's also a $30 uh, bootcamp. And that is, like I said before, about module one of my course gets you a really solid understanding about what Google Ads is and if it is the right next move for your business. And then that leads into making a decision about um, my full course, which I take one to two intakes a year. um, And that's only open at certain times of the year for enrollment. So um, Mm. a next next intake isn't until next, uh, like mid next year, early to mid next year. We haven't locked in a date yet, but um, that's, they're kind of the three main ways of upskilling at a couple of different entry points. Amazing. I have this problem too with courses, right? Because mine are 12 weeks. When do we run them? I know. <laughs> Try to fit them I in know. school terms, which doesn't fit work because school terms are 10 I weeks. Know. Right. I know. And also over Christmas time and blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the constant need, like I think Google's a little bit more update heavy because they change everything. I mean, Facebook do too, but I have to update content all the time. So I've got to give myself yeah. breathing room to be able to actually go in and make yeah. sure the videos are all yeah. refreshed and ready to go. And your your profitable promotion program is so comprehensive. Like there is <laughs> so much in there. Yeah. So much. And you even do, you even cover things, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, like the Google Merchant Center, how to connect it all. Yeah. Like I connect basically anything you'll need to know in order to run ads from the very beginning to the very end. Um, and we've had quite a few e-com people that have been e-com business owners and it's quite funny. Then they've been like, oh, I love this Google Ads thing. And they've either transition to be like working in an agency or then oh. they run their own freelance business. So I've converted other people into Google Ads lovers as well <laughs> that had no no experience prior. So um, yeah, try and teach it in a way that is not scary and not, um, you know, takes the jargon out of things and just makes it really understandable and broken up into bite-sized bits. The flip side is there's a lot to learn. So I try and make it as comprehensive as possible but the goal isn't that you're going to learn this once and then never use it again. It's that mm. back pocket resource that you've always got when you need to jump into your ad account. Yeah, it's so valuable. It's so valuable. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. You've shared so much today that is probably included in your paid programs. And I really appreciate you being so generous with your information because I know I'm like, oh my gosh, I've, I've learned so much today um, in our very short time together. So I really, really appreciate you joining me. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to be on your program. Thank you. And I will share all of the links to Katie's programs and website uh, in the show notes of today's episode. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week on Online Store Success. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Online Store Success with me, Jody Minto. If you loved it, please share it with your friends on Instagram and tag me at I am Jody Minto so I can say thank you. And if you really want to make my day, please go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and give me a follow. If you'd like my help in starting or scaling your online store, be sure to check out my free resources and programs at jodyminto.com. Thanks again and... Same time, same place next week. Bye for now.